Hey everybody, I'm Eric Bra, and welcome to the Brawcast, a podcast about me and my endeavors in the VO industry and entertainment in general. I hope to entertain foremost, but maybe I can help you too. As always, if you'd like to show your support for this and any projects from 3 Pound Magician, please consider subscribing to our Patreon. Individual donations can be made to me via a button on my homepage, ericbra.com, or the Ko-Fi button at 3poundmagician.com. On this episode, character, what does it mean? Why do we all fall in love with these characters? Can it be a normal voice but still have character? Some talk about that, and of course, one of the most frequently asked questions of me. But the buried headline, I will be sitting down to talk to Roger Jackson, voice actor and legend, in this episode of The Broadcast. Hey, what's happening? Hope you all are well. I'm back with another episode, and that means a chance to entertain and possibly inform. Pretty light on the questions this time, so a classic. Frequently asked question. What's your favorite character? I assume that means of mine, or am I being too full of myself? (laughs) I have often said Draven because I love him. He's a cocky jerk, and he's so fun to play, and that's not who I am, so it's super fun to be him. But I also really enjoyed Master Koga and the uh, Hyrule Warriors that just came out last November. And talk about an interesting character. He's laughable at moments, but then actually kind of dark and a little sinister at times. And uh, just a super fun character to play. And I I loved it more than anything. I've done an interview or two about him. And, uh, well, you can probably find those out there somewhere. But that answer leads me to the topic of this episode. So let's just get right into it character. The dictionary has a couple of ideas. It's qualities that make a person, a group, or a thing different from others. Like, this town has special character, or a distinguishing feature or characteristic, the plant's bushy character. But how does this pertain to voiceover? What kinds of things can I do to create this character? Character is not just a a silly kook or a brash hero. Sometimes it just refers to the things that a voice can evoke. We all remember a special time. A time long ago. Sometimes they want you to feel warm and fuzzy when talking about a product in commercial work. Or they're looking for a voice that just helps give the feels. So in this way, character is just the tone, the cracks, the natural creak of the set of vocal cords. But I'd like to focus on the acting for a second, creating a character. As an actor, you're often given a set of specs, a description of the character and lines they've written for them. And here is where the choices happen. So how do we make these decisions? My teacher, Terry, would always ask, what's in the soup? What kinds of things did you add to create this character? Well, there are a variety of things. You can add texture by vocally doing things like speech patterns, ways that one might talk. Affectations, things you might do to make the voice sound sort of interesting and give it character. And of course... Attitude, things you might do to make him sound like a real jerk. 
You can deliver lines flatter and with more disdain. As voice actors, we don't always have the benefit of being on camera to deliver our best smolder. So we have to do little things to help define this character. Now, depending on the project, the subtlety is what degree is appropriate to the situation. How thick you want to lay it on. (laughs) A person with good character acts, thinks, and feels in a way that matches the commonly accepted good traits, like being honest, respectful, responsible, caring, fair. Good traits may also be called good values or good morals. Of course I can help you. Grandfatherly, warm maybe. Or how about bright and happy? Of course I can help you. They sound like good people. But what if they're not acting in good character? Enter the villain. (laughs) The thing is, every character is their own hero in their story. So you have to see something in that character to understand them better. Did your character have a rough childhood? Is that why they're only out for themselves? A lack of trust towards others? Kill or be killed? Who are you? There's nothing here for you. Were they beaten down early and scared of the world? Who who are you? Why are you here? Size, shape, all of these things, all these things are decisions we make. When recording a character, it is rare you have seen the script before this very moment. Rolling! So you need to have considered how your character might sound when not in the middle of mayhem and attacking, but also when they might be sad, introspective. Daddy never loved me. A good actor can move you to feel a certain way by just playing with character. You like scary movies? Uh Uh-huh. Now that has character. And he's a character. He's Roger Jackson. Roger is a legend. You will most likely know him from Powerpuff Girls as Mojo Jojo. Let go, or Mojo will have to get violent. (gasps) A huge list of characters in hundreds of games. Why don't you want to talk to me? Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. (laughs) And yes, that voice threatening to gut people like fishes in Scream. Roger is always someone I admired when entering the business, and he's a real character, a really great guy. Hey, Roger, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing okay, you know? I mean, uh, <laughs> it's been uh, locked in uh, your booth, basically, for a year. Of, you know what I mean? That's, that's all that we've been doing is COVID recording. Yeah. Last time I was out anywhere, I was at Polarity in San Francisco recording audiobooks that I produce, so... I wasn't working for nobody. I was working for me, and I'm, I'm a terrible, terrible boss. I pay nothing. Well, I just wanted to talk to you today because, obviously, I just wanted to catch up with you. I haven't seen you in so long. And I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about character. I've mentioned that character can be just somebody's voice has character, but or there's actually creating a character. And you are uh, well known for some of your characters, including, obviously, uh, you did Scream yeah. and Mojo Jojo. Yeah. So you have lots of credits of great characters. I've You're in hundreds of games. And uh, I was just going to ask you, I mean, what? As are you. What, <laughs> 
What are your thoughts on character in general? A character has to be believable. Right. It doesn't matter how outrageous the voice is, but you have to basically buy that that's a person. You have to buy what you're hearing. That's all about behavior. You know, you recognize true behavior. I remember seeing an interview with Robert Duvall. Bob Costas was heading up the Tomorrow Show on NBC for a couple of years. And Bob Costas is just a great interviewer, period. It doesn't matter about sports or whatever. But he was talking to Robert Duvall about Duvall working with Brando on The Godfather. And Duvall said before they shot his scenes, Brando warmed up by sitting in his trailer watching videotapes of Candid Camera. And he didn't explain it, but it went like zip. It made perfect sense to me because he was watching real, ordinary people behave Mm. in extraordinary situations, like just a guy, generic term, walking down the street and the mailbox goes, can you help me? I'm stuck in here. What? What? What are you? He was just watching normal behavior. People, real people, behaving in these extraordinary situations. Because, you know, Brando said once that acting is really a silly way to make a living, and it's not hard because people act every day. You don't like your brother-in-law, but you got to go, hey, how you doing? It's great to see you. Yeah. People are acting every day. You recognize what's real and what's not. And that's really the basis behind character. I mean, when it comes to, say, voice acting and characters, I think there are sort of two different approaches. There's somebody like me who likes to put on masks, you know, change things up a little bit or change whatever, you know. There you go. You know who this is when you hear that voice or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But there are people who don't have a mask who don't change their voice. They're just brilliant at creating characters like my touchstone is H. John Benjamin. Brilliant, funny guy. He's Bob on Bob's Burgers. He's Sterling Archer on Archer. You know, he's been in a million animated stuff. He was on that squiggly-lined animation show, uh, Home Movies, on Adult Swim years and years ago. It's always his voice, but he just creates brilliant characters from within. Yeah, it's always that sort of slacker voice, but he is different in all of them. That's for sure. Yeah. That's a part of it. That's part of the deal with character. Now, like I said, I like to put on the masks. So I do a lot of borrowing from old movies. You know, I love old movies and TV shows. You do. So I know all these great actors from the past. And Robert De Niro said, steal with love, but steal from the best. (laughs) My teacher, Terry, used to say it's paying homage. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So let me ask you about your film roles. You know, obviously Scream, we all know the voice. Hello, Sydney. What made that voice work, in your opinion? I mean, when I listen to it, I think it's not overly creepy. It's just enough. And it still sounds a little bit like you, but it's it's not you. Again, it's like you said, you know, some people can just create a character using their own voice. It doesn't matter that they are that character. So what made it so chilling in your mind? Well, I think it is the person. It is the character in particular. But it's all set up from that first scene in the first film, which was actually the audition piece for the role. I sat in the lobby at the casting place, read the script, and I I just felt like I knew it. This is cat and mouse. Right. This guy is playing with this girl on the phone, and he's got to be kind of interesting, kind of sexy. 
So he's, you know, kind of, hey, what are you doing? Oh, you're making popcorn. <laughs> I only make popcorn when I'm going to watch a movie. Oh, do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Wes didn't really give me much direction. He always gave the actor whatever they needed. Right. Sometimes he would say to me, like, pull it back a little here or give me a little more here. So he just hired the guy he knew could do the job. I guess so. Lucky for me. They were filming in Santa Rosa, north of the San Francisco Bay Area, you know, where Hitchcock's uh, Shadow of a Doubt was shot, which is another serial killer movie. Not far from where he shot uh, uh, the Birds one. They were only hiring an actor to play the scene with Drew Barrymore because she wanted an actor to play the scene with. She didn't want somebody just feeding her lines, you know, like, <laughs> is this some kind of a joke? More of a game, really. Um, can you handle that blondie? <laughs> she wanted an actor to play the scene with. So they were hiring locally just to do that. But he and the producer, Marianne Maddalena, liked what I was doing, so they decided to just keep me. That's awesome. They were going to dub it in Los Angeles afterward, but I was very lucky. Yeah, no, that's incredible. So, you know, I always talk about, like, you know, resonance and, and things that can help build the character. And obviously, I think you just pretty much spoke to that already anyway. But it made me think about, like, what was the Mojo Jojo audition? Like, I mean, that must have been, I, I can't imagine what the specs were. To get to where you got, or was it that you just did something so completely wild and different? See, I really got that on the callback, I think. The original specs for Mojo were a more insane Peter Lorre. You know Peter Lorre? Yeah. Like a crazier Peter Lorre. But actually, at the time, there was another character on the go who sounded like a crazy Peter Lorre. That was Ren Hawk. Mm -hmm. From Reen and Steampy. You know Reen and Steampy, don't you? I, you know, I don't even remember the takes I did originally, but in the callback, which was at Hanna-Barbera, I was there, Craig McCracken was in the booth, and he just, he said, what would it be like if you put a samurai spin on it? And of course, I immediately thought of Toshiro Mifune, the great Toshiro Mifune. And I said, what do you mean something like this? And he said, yeah, I guess that was it. So he played around for that for a bit. And the soul, the voice of a mojo was born. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you know, James Marsters, who was Spike on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and been a lot of stuff. Uh -huh. I was watching an interview with him once and he said he was doing an audio book and had to do a Japanese character. And the director said, that stinks. What else can you do? And he said... Well, I thought of Mojo Jojo, <laughs> and I used that, and the director liked it. So he went. <laughs> so there's an audiobook somewhere with James Marsters doing Mojo Jojo. That is phenomenal. <laughs> You've done quite a few characters. Do you have any favorites? Of course, I like the two big guys, you know, Ghostface and Mojo. And it's funny when you go to cons, you know, that's where you really meet the audience because. You know, we're in recorded media, so we don't really have an audience, as it were. And people are fascinated by, they like Ghostface. They, you know, there's something that appeals to him. But people love Mojo. He's just, 
just there's something that's so wildly stupid and pathetic about him. It's sort of like I I kind of like to think of him as being like Basil Fawlty. Oh, right. He's a terrible person, but you can't help but feel a little sorry for him. I think one of the the nicest compliments I ever got was uh, Tom Kane, the marvelous voice actor who played Professor Utonium on The Power of Buff Girls, told me there was an episode where Mojo finds out that he was responsible for the creation of the Powerpuff Girls, his own worst enemy. It was his fault. The cartoon ends with him going, It was me. It was me. It was me. He's really realizing all this is my own fault. And Tom told me one day when he went to pick up his daughter at school, she and her friends were talking about that episode. And they were crying because they felt so sorry for Mojo. Aw. <laughs> That's the, one of the nicest things I've ever heard. That's phenomenal. I love Mojo. I used to like doing Mr. Mucus, too, for Mucinex, but the account changed and went to somebody else. So, <laughs> Mr. Mucus? If you're ever watching a Mucinex ad and he... 12 hours? Welcome to the Corfa Cabana. Sign is pressure. It's always the same. <laughs> that reminds me of my avocado. I do an avocado now. And, oh? Oh. Hey, don't squeeze the fruit, everybody. <laughs> Very sensitive. What do you do that for? Holy guacamole. <laughs> yeah, he's Benny. Benny the avocado. Look, uh, public service announcement. It's not okay to squeeze me. <laughs> You know about character. What do you need me for? I tell you what, you just take the rest of the hour. I'm going to go and get something to eat. No, I don't know. No, I need to talk to somebody who knows how to do it really well. I mean, you you, you are a master at it, I think. When I was coming into the industry, I, I, I was always like, oh, Roger. And then when I got to work with you, I lost my shit. I'm sure you, I don't know if you remember that day, but being in the booth with you was honestly one of the highlights of my of my life <laughs> which which one was that i think we were doing and it's really bad it was like a i think it was a software company or something ridiculous and it was the two of us at like slate run at jay's studio oh yes 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 now i remember that that was fun and it was a it was a silly commercial that like it wasn't even that great for character actors but it was just fantastic to be standing in that booth with you and looking over and, and it's like morning burn it was uh it just made me i was over the moon oh man hold hold on i gotta get a bigger hat <laughs> no it's it's great to work with good people because you know that's that's the fun you can really play there's that old cliche when you act you should play because it is called a play after all, but uh, I remember more when we were over at Jory's place. Oh, you were all kind enough to volunteer to record the um, radio series I had written, Rocky Rocket Jockey. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was awesome. And you played Hrothgar, king of planet Wolf, Beowulf, whatever it was. I it was hysterical. I remember it, and it, it seemed so fitting. <laughs> You were doing like uh, reading stories and stuff, story time with Roger. What, what's happening? Are you still doing that? I haven't put any more up there because I 
just didn't know if it was worth it. Nobody ever said anything. So I don't even know if anybody ever heard any. I know I heard some. Well, I'm glad to hear that. You're the first person I've heard from. I hope you liked them. I've actually taken up to doing them myself. Fantastic. I look forward to hearing your new series. Yeah, it's out there. Uh, Storytime, uh, the, the Storytime Broadcast. Although I did luck out because I have a writer, so I have lots of stories to read. So that, that has made it much easier for worrying about copyrights. Yeah, well, that was put up in time of COVID when people needed a little more distraction. Now, people taking off their masks, getting out in the streets, dancing, doing all that sort of thing. All the things that our grandparents told us rock and roll would make us do. (laughs) So you said you work around the house. What's going on around the house? Well, we live in the country. I got to go out and uh, look out in one of the shops and see if I've got a four by four to make a new uh, post for the the end of the driveway with our number. My wife and I are changing up some of the potted plants around here. Uh, She's she's the one who does the plants. I just do the the heavy lifting on that. Or oh, right. Otherwise, you know, audition a lot and keep the fingers crossed. Do you do any work from there? Are you like Source Connect or? Yeah, I got Source Connect and Skype and Zoom, and I've had a couple of things lately that were nice. I mean, it's it's every day. You're just hoping you can give. I mean, for me, I know it's constantly trying to make sure I'm going to have the rent paid. So, (laughs) hell, you. You got to keep the, like I said, you got to keep the knife sharp or whatever. And that's part of why I was doing the story time things. And naturally, as part of the technique, you go around practicing things. So I annoy my wife dropping into accents all the time. I know that one all too well. Orange goes, stop it. (laughs) I don't know how, you know, there are a lot of people who are really great at self-promotion, that kind of thing, who are always out at the parties or whatever, and they keep their name. I'm terrible at that. I don't. Self-promotion is a part of the work. That's you, You've got to make sure people know who you are because the old joke, who's Roger Jackson? Get me Roger Jackson. Get me someone like Roger Jackson. Who's Roger Jackson? <laughs> like they say, you're only as good as your last job or whatever. Yes, yeah, something to that effect. Yes, I, I'm, I'm familiar with that indeed. Is this all sounding terribly depressing? I don't mean to be depressing. <laughs> or nothing. Uh, hold on a minute. I got to wipe my the sweat off my brow. Uh, well, anybody listening to this that is a young and up and comer that wants to be doing voiceover is learning an awful lot. So, Roger, nothing is depressing. You're doing great. <laughs> I, I originally heard this in relation to studying Shakespeare. You learn about your character from the script in two ways. What the character says about themselves and what other people say about them. So those are your clues. Those are the stepping stones. But you fill in everything else yourself. You have to to know what you're doing, where you're going with this person. I mean, you don't have to write out an encyclopedic history, but you got to know who they are. And one of my favorite comments was from Charles Lawton, the great Charles Lawton. He used to say, I never really feel I have the character until I have their voice. What do they speak like? That's when I feel like I've got them. Yeah, it's true. There are so many different disciplines to voice acting so many different areas from animation to dubbing to promo to commercial and everyone is a different technique but that's what acting is control of technique 
people have told me that I should be doing this because I have a very nice voice. Well, guess what? It's not about the voice. It's about what you can do with it. Having a great car is nice, but if you don't know how to drive it, what's the point? (laughs) Another thing that Robert Duvall said in that interview in relation to people who are doing a role, say they're playing Stanley Kowalski and they find they're being really rude and surly. It's all, it's bleeding into their real lives or something. He said, if you can summon your talent when you need it, then you're an artist. If it bleeds over into your everyday life, then you're just nuts. (laughs) Aren't I a cheerful person, Eric? I always look on the bright side. I'm just going to use that somewhere. I don't know where. (laughs) Who knows? You can't fucking second guess these things. You know, keep, what can I do to, to book more jobs? You can't do anything. You do your best. That's all you can do. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got stuff to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll go get wood. <laughs> it's good to see you. Good to talk uh, to I you. I really appreciate getting the chance to talk to you. You too, man. Take care. I hope that any of this advice helps you on your VO journey and uh, make sure to reach out and let me know what kinds of things you want to know, as well as if you have questions for me, make sure to reach out and let me know on any of the social media. We'll see you again next time on The Broadcast. <laughs>